1: What's
2: the latest on Jameis Winston, and would Warren Sapp coach the Bucks' defensive line? Who wins more games, Chris Archer or Brent Honeywell? And what will the Lightning do at the trade deadline? Your questions and more answered today on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud with the Tampa Bay Times, along with my producer Steve Versnick. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope you make this a habit every day. We'll also have my interviews with Ray's first base coach, Ozzie Timmons, and third base coach, Matt Cortero. Uh, later on, uh, you can always reach us. Uh, by the way, on Twitter at SportsDayTB. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you get a free audiobook. Just go to AudibleTrial.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E Trial.com/sportsday to take advantage of the deal. Audible is owned by Amazon. They're the leading provider of digital audiobooks. Well, what does that mean to you? They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from, and unlike streaming, you own your books once they've been downloaded, and you can even listen to them offline. That's audibletrial.com/sportsday for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. So, Steve, we've got uh, all kinds of, you know, questions coming in uh, on our on our Twitter, in our mailbag. Um, lots of stuff of course on on the Bucks, on the Rays, on the Lightning. I'm ready to get
1: started. All right, well, let's start with a question from D. Rome, who asked, how do you think the Jameis Winston investigation will turn out?
2: Ugh. You know, that's a, that's an answer that I think the Bucks would like to have as well, so they could have asked that question. Um, the easy answer is I don't know, and I truly don't. However, uh, I know this, that, that Jameis has been resolute in his uh, belief that he is innocent. If you're not familiar with the case, he's under investigation um, for – I guess, groping, uh, an accusation of groping an Uber driver in Arizona back in March of 2016. Ron Darby, who I talked to of the Philadelphia Eagles, I talked to him at the Super Bowl, uh, said he was in the car. He was in the back seat with Jameis Winston. The drivers in the front seat when she alleged the assault occurred. So, you know, he also is standing behind the statement that he has. They have not interviewed Winston, and they have not interviewed Darby, and when I say in the NFL, that is. So this thing is going to proceed very slowly. I know this, though, and, and, and I will say, I don't know, you know, guilt or innocence. I think you have to take Jameis at his word uh, until proven otherwise. But I will say that, you know, the, the NFL code of conduct policy is so broad and, you know, almost any kind of, of thing can can be construed or interpreted by the league as something detrimental to the league. So in, in the course of their investigation, if they find any behaviors during that night, whether it was specific uh, you know, proof of the allegation or not, I think it's possible that Jameis could be facing something. And uh, for that reason, I, I know the Bucks are leery of it and they are approaching it and have to approach it and would be naive, they tell me, not to approach it as if he may miss some games. Um, this seems to have sort of been... What goes on with these investigations? Whether it's Tom Brady, who said he had nothing to do with deflating footballs, but he smashed a cell phone, so you know they ruled that he more likely than not had something to do with it, and he got four games. Um, this is sort of sort of how it goes. Ezekiel Elliott with an abuse charge. There wasn't a prosecution, but um, they felt there was evidence that he did something wrong, so he got suspended. That that's, would be my fear for Jameis, and. You know, until we get further down the road, we, we really won't have much of an idea what's going on there.
1: Okay, the next question, will the Bucks reach a long-term contract with Mike Evans before this season?
2: You know, I think they will, and, uh, you know, his agent has said said something I thought was sort of idiotic, although it's agent-speak, and this was uh, some time ago that he believed that not only is Mike Evans one of the top receivers in football and deserves you know, to be paid as such, but he thinks he's one of the top five players in football and deserves to be paid as much. So I don't think that Mike Evans is is going to reach the uh, you know the quarterback realm of contracts to say, but he is due a a big number and for a guy that's had a thousand yards for four straight seasons, um that's that's rare air already. I think only two players have done that to start their career, and he had just a thousand last year. Not coming off a great year, by the way. Um, you remember he he hit the number almost on the button in his final game, and you know, the touchdowns were down. Now some of that could have been attributed to the fact that they had, you know, different weapons around him, whether that was Cameron Braid or Deshaun Jackson or Chris Godwin, Adam Humphries was second on the team in catches. You know, the red zone. I think what happened, particularly with the touchdowns, was he got doubled a lot, especially in the red zone. Teams decided to take him away because Jameis and him had such a great knack for uh, creating plays down there. Uh, But I do think that Mike Evans, before training camp, will have a deal because it just, my experience with these things is it makes too much sense for the team and too much sense for Mike. I mean, this is a business where you're one play away from getting hurt. He's earned the payday. And I think he definitely will get a
1: deal done before the season starts. All right. Darren wrote us and said, would Warren Sapp be a defensive line coach option? I thought this was a great question because, as you know, you know,
2: when they fired Jay Hayes, people were speculating on on, on just who could take that job. And, uh, you know, as it turns out, uh, Ted Monticino, in fact, breaking news, Uh, was in here interviewing on Wednesday with the Buccaneers, and I don't know if they have made him an offer or if he's considering it, or they'll interview more people. Uh, But I I don't think that Warren Sapp will be their optionate defensive line coach, and not because he couldn't do it. He'd be fantastic. It's because Warren doesn't want to do it. I talked to you
3: last summer when you were working with the NFL guys as they are getting ready for training camp, and you said, coaching full-time, I don't want to do that. Changed it all? No. No. Even after talking to John. Yeah. The hours are too much, man. Yeah. It's just too much. I can do this. I can enjoy myself. I can I can get a kid, give him a couple twos to go and feed his family and have a good time, have a career, whatever it may be. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be in there watching tape with a, some prima donna that makes 12 12- – $10, 12 million dollars, and he's worth two. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> I can't, I can't make you believe that you're worth that, or, or the type of player that you need to be to collect that kind of money. These kids don't see it that way. They, they believe in three things: likes, views, and <laughs> followers. <laughs> I follow less, I like even less, and I view even less, because so, <laughs> I'm not an internet guy. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, what are you? What? You seen my tweet? Really? <laughs> really? Should I go look for it? <laughs> you know, if it's big enough, it'll come to me. <laughs> there you go. There you that's go. what I tell you. If your tweet's big enough, it'll come to me. I don't have to follow it. I don't need a notification on my phone or any of that. That's Warren Sapp
2: to Kevin O'Donnell, Channel 13, right? Fox 13? Correct. The energy you hear with Warren and the run-on sentences and things, I mean, he, that that's exactly who he is and how he talks. And, and he would be a great coach. He does like working with guys. In fact, he, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, that might've been filmed at, Yo Murphy's uh, place where they have a bunch of, uh, college prospects guys going to the NFL and, and Warren, uh, of course, you know, he's done obviously stuff with, you know, guys with the Buccaneers as well, but yeah, a little too much. Most athletes that I come in contact with, especially that played in an era where they made a lot of money and Warren did really don't want to spend the time. I mean, that coaching thing is not for everybody. Can you name one free agent that the Bucks should go after this year? We had this conversation earlier, and you said just one. Yeah, no, there's there's a whole bunch. They need everything. In well, fact, who is uh, who
1: is the one guy that the Bucks should go? But after?
2: the one guy, the one guy, if if he can if he can pass the Buck filter, whatever that filter is these days, because you know, let's face it, they're not they're not hiring Eagle Scouts over there. But if they can if they if, if they can figure out what happened to this guy. I think uh, cornerback Malcolm Butler, the Patriots cornerback, is somebody who I, I don't know if he's gonna get like top five corner money. I mean he's definitely gonna make it to the market and they and they have to answer the question of what the hell what the hell happened to where they would not play him in the Super Bowl I mean there is a story there. he he insists that there was nothing to do with drugs, nothing to do with this and that okay well, the good thing for the Bucks would be that Jason Light, uh, worked in New England is very close to Bill Belichick and others with the Patriots organization, so he's going to have some communication at some level with those folks and be able to vet uh, Malcolm Butler very well. But to me, if you just look at the Bucks, you know Brent Grimes is somebody that they say they absolutely would like to have back, but he'll be 35 years old, and 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 Brent is you know ridiculously youthful and and freakishly athletic even at that age when most guys show a decline. And, and he does not, but he did miss three games last season. And Brent would expect, I think, to be paid. He's got the most interceptions, you know, which is uh, 20 is most as most as Richard Sherman over the last five years. So I don't know, you know, and, and for how long, you know, for one more year, for two more years. Uh, and if you look at Vernon Hargraves, he's now, for whatever reason, been reduced to a slot corner, which, you know, is not what you would typically draft a guy in the first round to do. So to me – if Malcolm Butler, uh, who's one of the elite corners that's uh, available, and somebody that I think Jason Light could uh, do some homework on because of his affiliation with the Patriots, that would seem to me to be a place to start. There's defensive ends; they definitely need that, um, probably probably beyond what they need at, at corner. But I, I would say I would say this: that uh, that that not all those guys. Um, For the amount of money you're going to pay and the age that they are, are going to bring you a lot uh, guaranteed. But I think Butler is still 28 years old, so he could bring you something.
1: All right, let's switch to the Rays now. And since Chris Archer and Brent Honeywell were exchanging Valentines on Wednesday with each other, and they have a friendly competition apparently, (laughs) who will win more games this year, Chris Archer or Brent Honeywell?
2: (laughs) I I really hope it's Honeywell. I don't know why. But uh, you know what? I'm going to say it's going to be Honeywell, only in this sense. Look, Archer's going to have way more opportunities because I'm not sure. If you could tell me when Honeywell's coming to the majors, I'd probably have a better guess at it. Uh, but 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 Archer has never won more than uh, twelve games, I believe. And if you look at uh, baseball prospectus, which is not oh it's not the Bible, but they do all these analytics. They project he'll go ten and nine, have close to two hundred strikeouts again, an ERA of around three five. I still think he's a two pitch pitcher. I still think he's not going to go deep into games. And this year there's a potential that, you know, maybe you don't get the win if you don't get into the fifth inning. Like I don't know how that's gonna work. So just for fun, just for kicks, I'll say that Honeywell comes up and first time through the league. Maybe people don't see him, maybe maybe Archer is below ten wins. I'll go with Brent Honeywell just for the heck of it. So when do you think Brent Honeywell will get some dirt on his spikes? Dirt on his spikes, what a great term that is. Um whenever the day is. That they get an extra year towards arbitration, whatever that magical day is, sometime in I don't know late May or June. So let's see, he'll only be pitching. He'll be pitching two less months, so it's going to be really hard to win. You will have to get off to a really good start, but uh, it's more about Archer. Maybe either and, and 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 I'm adding this to the equation too. Archer could be traded at some point during the year. So the question is, win more games for the Rays or win more games? But I'll still go. I'll, I'll just for just to be different. I'll go with Brent Honeywell.
1: All right, Joe wrote us and asked, who will have a better season this year at the plate, Evan Longoria or Matt Duffy? I think that's going to be Evan
2: Longoria. And even though he only had 20 home runs last year and he was 32 years old or whatever, uh, I think uh, a couple things. One, being in the National League may help him. He's probably going to see uh, you know, a, a lot better pitches or, or less curveballs, let's say. And then he'll also have probably a pretty good lineup around him. Uh, I think that all those things will help him and a ballpark which it's it's really great for especially for a left-handed bat. Evan can hit the ball to right field if he needs to. you got you know McCovey Cove out there. if you've been to to the uh, to the Giants ballpark, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you know big crowds Evan's a performer, he's a clutch player. Um, I think that you know being in California again will will reinvigorate him especially for the first year. The thing about Duffy is I'm not, I'm still not sold on, you know, whether he's going to make it through a whole season. They say he's completely healthy, or he says he's completely healthy. He was never a giant home run hitter. I still think Evan will probably hit more. Again, going to baseball pr- prospectus, they got Longoria hitting 17 home runs and hitting 261. They got Duffy at 10 home runs and 268. So very similar, I think, in average. I actually think Duffy will hit for a better average. But I'm going to say that this will be Longoria's uh, – Longoria's year.
1: All right, we'll switch to the Lightning now, and the trade deadline is 10 days away, February 26th. Uh, what should the Lightning be targeting? And as a follow-up, what pieces are you willing to give up off this team and still make a run at the Stanley Cup?
2: And, and Steve, you know these guys as, as well or better than I do, but I, I really believe that you know defense is, is where they have to look. Um, they they have potentially, I don't know, you could tell me, three or four Potential thirty game, thirty goal scores. I mean, this team is loaded with, with offensive talent. Um, what would I be willing to give up? It would depend on who the defenseman is. I mean, you can get an Eric Carlson or somebody like that, perhaps more. But, um, and and it's not going to be popular. I mean, if, if you could deal uh, an Alex Kalorn, who's gotten hot of late, I'm not sure anybody really wants him necessarily. That would be my preference. He makes about four and a half, five million dollars a year, so that would help there. He has a no um, trade clause, but, but he has I mean, a no trade clause, agree. so he could agree to a trade. But he could agree, but it, it's, it's it's a hurdle that you're probably not going to get over. So I I think that leaves you with a guy like Tyler Johnson. Would I be willing to do that? I think I would. And Tyler's I, got I, a long
1: term think... contract, but his no trade clause kicks in July first. So if you're right. going to so trade him, you have to do it. You got do it right now. After the season and, ends
2: right and, and and because of that I think he's a guy if you look at if you look at point if you look at um, some of the young scores that uh, that are that are coming up now, I think you can probably replace his 25 goals a year or so um, talented guy you know uh, almost you know sort of one of those glue guys if you will but I, I really think that you're going to have to give something to get something I, I would be willing to trade Tyler Johnson. What about you what do you think about that?
1: Um, I, I th- yeah, I mean, obviously it depends on what the return back is, but sure. uh, Tyler Johnson, uh, I, you don't want to get rid of him, but. but no. is he-
0: I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role
1: like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Is he one you're willing to? Yes, because you've got depth at that position in the organization. Uh, right. Vladislav Nemestikov going to be a free agent at the end of the year. You're probably going to lose him because you're probably not going to be able to pay what he's worth, but right. um, other teams may not give a lot for him because he's unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. But Tyler's kind of the one. I mean, Kalorn, I think if you could get rid of that contract would be a good one too, but obviously he's got to agree to the trade. You know, you're not getting rid of Braden Point. You're not getting rid of Victor Hedman or Anton Strawman. You're not getting rid of Stamkos or Kucherov. But beyond really that, I, a- I think I – think, and Vasilevsky, of course, but –
2: There's not a defenseman they could trade to get a guy back. Like if some team said, well, I'm giving you my defenseman, I need one back, would you? You're probably going to
1: throw one in because most of the trades anymore, as you know, it's about making the salary work. It's got to be a salary neutral trade, at least for the the current year. More likely, the Lightning are going to give up a lot of either prospects or picks too, but probably someone or two off the big league roster, depending on who they're getting back. I mean, I think their needs Mm -hmm. are a right-handed defenseman. Okay. If they could uh, run the the power play as well, it'd be good to have a third one. You've got Headman and, and Sergachev that do that now. Uh, I think yeah. you need a probably a veteran third or fourth liner that's really good at face-offs. Uh, yes. That's still a bugaboo on this team, and, and preferably one who could play the penalty kill as well. So mm-hmm. if you could find a third or fourth liner, probably a veteran guy that's good on face-offs and can play the penalty kill, but is, you're only going to give him 10, 12 minutes a night because he's on third or fourth line, but can come out for key face-offs. I think that's a need. and they might look at a backup goalie, too. Um, I'm not sure what they think of Louis Domingue. I think he's done fairly well, um, better than Peter Budai was doing earlier in the year. But if they if they feel they could upgrade there, that's, one a po- game. that's a possibility. Yeah, you, because right. the last few playoff runs, I mean, Ben Bishop was the goalie, but he didn't play every game. Right, He was hurt in every one of those playoffs.
2: Yeah, if you got to turn to a guy for one critical game in a playoff series where you know he's out. Don't you think that the penalty kill uh, will get better when Palat comes back?
1: I think it will. I mean, it, it started off the season really well, and when Ryan Callahan got hurt is when it really started to fall off. Now yeah. he's back. Uh, Pilat will make that better. It, it's funny because in the last uh, last couple home games, Stamkos was playing some penalty kill, which we hadn't seen all year, and he's done that periodically throughout his career. But uh, I think they're trying different things to figure out how to make that to work better. Um, but the penalty kill has has been a problem really even the, the last uh, 30 games or so. Uh, once when, when Ryan Callahan got hurt early in the years, when it really started to fall off.
2: Yeah, no, I I uh, definitely think they got to get better there, and they got to get better on defense and help Vasilevsky because they're just they're, they're facing forty something shots a game is not the way to do it.
1: No. All right, and last question: uh, The Rowdies owner Bill Edwards is now looking for partners. Will he and Tampa Bay ever get an MLS team?
2: Ever is a long time. I don't know that Edwards will be the owner if and when they do, and only because. Man, these it's hard to believe, but these MLS teams are selling now for 150 million dollars as a franchise fee. And they've, they've had, you know they've expanded to about about 13 teams they've added since, I don't know in the last 10, 12, 10 years, maybe or less than 10 years, whatever the league is. Um, you know, David Beckham, with all his following in soccer and cachet and desire, uh, to put an, to get an MLS team named uh, in in Miami um, looked like that was going to go down in flames until he found a, a couple of really big money partners and you know and somehow they pulled that out and now they're going to build a, a new stadium. I know that Edwards has said he's willing to put in eighty million dollars into Al Lang. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they can take advantage of some some tax issues or something if the Rays were to leave, but. I don't think I don't think Bill Edwards was in this to to pay hundred fifty million dollars. He was in it to spend tens of millions, not hundreds of millions. That's almost what the Bucks sold for, by the way. They sold for one hundred ninety three million to the Glazers back, you know, way when in ninety four ninety five. So um, I I don't I don't think he will. I, I think that's that's one to watch, but I think it's it's really hard for them to pull that off. Hey, thanks for all your questions. We hope you're able to answer some. And just a reminder that the uh, Rays report. On Sunday, the full squad first workout is Monday. I had a chance to sit down with Rays first-base coach Ozzie Timmons, their third-base coach Matt Quattaro, and talk to them about some of the new prospects like Jake Bowers and Willie Adamas and many others, and here's what they had to say. You're no stranger, obviously, to the Rays or or to Tampa Bay, but congratulations, uh, third-base coach. Of course, talking to Kyle. Uh, A lot of you guys have been in this organization now, getting the opportunity talk about just uh, the Rays uh, uh, embracing uh, their young coaches and moving them you know to them you don't always see that in, no in, you in definitely baseball. don't
0: and, and and it took a long time here you know I mean sure. the organization started was you know from the ground up so a lot of the guys that got in as players it takes a while to get through your career and then and then earn your stripes in the minor leagues and work your way up and all those kinds of things but I think you know Mitch Lukovic's the farm director loves it when former players come sure. back and And, you know, it does. you breed a sense of family in the organization, and you really care not only about the wins and losses on the field, but the people. And that was what, as I went to Cleveland and had a good experience there, you still feel like the people that were here were your family. I mean, I I spent 17 years here, so you don't just go through that time without making really strong bonds with people.
2: In fact, I think you were the first raised player to be to get into coaching, weren't you? Or, or one yeah, of that,
0: one? That, that can be a good and a bad thing. That means <laughs> I was one of the first ones yeah. out of play. Well, but it was also a good thing for me because, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I always knew I wanted to coach. Yeah. But, you know, it, you never know how those opportunities present themselves. So it came sure. up and I would have liked to be like one of the later guys. I mean, have played a lot <laughs> longer, but uh, sure. But well. yeah,
2: no, it was uh, that I think that was true. Well, and, and, and a lot of your background, of course, you mentioned you were uh, the assistant hitting coach with, with the Cleveland Indians, you, but you know a lot of these players. And this is, you know, the way the Rays are moving now, it's going to be weird not seeing Evan Longoria at third base. Yeah, that'll be I, weird. I think yeah, that's, yeah, you know, sure. that's the iconic uh, greatest player of all time that the Rays have had. Yeah. And yet, there are some young players that you're familiar with, and, and, and I'm just wondering, um, tell me about them. I mean, tell me about the Jake Bowers and, and some of these young players. Young hitters that might get a chance to uh, to come up and impact this team. Well, some of those guys, like I
0: don't know Bowers, I okay. didn't, but some of the young guys like like Kean Wong and and Johnny Field and those guys, they were just starting out when okay. I was here. At okay, Penn, and then you went, and then I left, so they've right. worked their way through the system. Um, but yeah, I mean, I and I never lo- never stopped keeping track of those them, guys. Yeah. You know, you always sure. want to, you always want to see how the guys are doing and all that stuff, but. Um, from everything I've heard about Bowers and Adamas and those guys, I'm at the beginning going to be just as much a fan as anybody else. Right. You know, I want to see what these guys can do. And I've heard all about them. Well, the ports
2: and, are so good.
0: And... Yeah. And I mean, you don't get traded for David Price, like Adamas, if you don't have sky's the limit kind of talent, you know? Sure. And so that's exciting for me. And, and some of the other guys I knew better, you know, like Kiermaier and those guys, you know, I mean, I, I was here for a few years with them and, you know, so it's, you, that's what coaching is all about—is to take that sense of pride in those guys. That when they accomplish something, that's that's how you feel, you know, happy for them, you know. And I mean, I'll never forget in 08 when we were here for the World Series, and I didn't have any anticipation of this, but looking down on the foul line with the national anthem went out, went off, and John Jayso and Fernando Perez were on the foul line. I mean, I was getting emotional. Like those were guys that you did everything you possibly could to help get to where they are. And obviously they did the work, and but there they were, you know, it was just so cool to see that. And that's the kind of feeling that I think the organization has about all their young players.
2: Yeah. This is a, a you know, baseball has become uh, such a, a, a sport that, that uh, the long ball has, has sort of taken over everybody's trying to drive, drive the ball. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but in, but in, uh, when I, when I look at some of the young hitters that are coming through here, it seems like this team might sort of get back to moving the baseball a little bit more and, and using their speed and their athleticism. Uh, is that something you see for the Rays uh, uh, in the future here?
0: Well, I mean, I think home runs are great when they happen. Uh, absolutely. But there's a lot of th- times in between when they don't happen. So, I mean, I think to be a well-rounded team, you got to have both. Right. Um, and... Pitchers don't just serve up home run balls intentionally, you know? I mean, so there's a lot of times where you do benefit from just putting the ball in play and moving it around. Yeah. And I think obviously the best teams are the ones that can do both. They can they can hit home runs, but they're not all or nothing. You know, they know right. that they know when the importance of taking that single and and you know, and and that comes with maturity and growth and skill and all those things go into it, but at the same time a team is built with all of those things factored in sure you, know, you can't have nine guys that are all or nothing because it just doesn't work that way that's
2: right every guy keep the line moving now third base coach yep is the arm are you the <laughs> aggressive guy you're gonna make everybody make plays to get them out or I mean that's a lot of responsibility I've, there, already, right? been,
0: I've already been asked by one of our players just don't stop me <laughs> so I'm like yeah that's what that's what we're here for man. Yeah, we all what, want to score, score runs, runs right? so yeah that's that's the goal just keep them going
2: yeah, yeah, well, and don't forget the signs, right? I mean, that's another big part. Yeah, of... if I forget them, that's we're really in trouble. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that would be my thing. I'd be like, okay, I got it from cash, but now I just screwed the guy up, you know. So yeah, you if, be I, on if it. I botch it, then I'll just be like, <laughs> he, he screwed it up. <laughs> right. Great meeting you. All Best right, nice to meet lot. you. Really nice. Appreciate Thanks. it. Look forward to a good year. Thank right, Thanks, care. Matt. Now we're going from third to first. Ozzie Timmons, the uh, Rays' first base coach. Uh, I was just talking to Matt, and a lot of you guys uh, – Coming up together this year, it's kind of a kind of a new coaching staff. I mean, it's kind of exciting, right, to have a lot of young guys now in the major leagues?
3: Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, the good thing about uh, Matt being at third, I'm at first, but we started together in Hudson Valley. Is that right? Yeah, he was the manager. I was the hitting coach. So okay. I coached first then. And then we went on to uh, Columbus, Georgia, which is now Bowling Green Hot Rods. So we got a pretty good relationship. From a long time ago.
2: That's right, and you also are, are very familiar with some of the young, the core of young guys that, that, that we're going to see this year. I mean, we were just talking how, and, and this is not a new story, but no Evan Longoria third, which is going to look odd, but right. a lot of opportunity for young players. I think that, that this fan base will will be excited to see a, a young core growing together. What what are we? I mean, Durham has been very successful. You've done well down there. So what are we likely to see from some of these young new hitters?
3: I mean, uh, well, you're going to see a lot of energy, number one. I mean, Willie Adama, he comes to the park every day with a smile on his face, happy, ready to go. Uh, you got Jake Bowers the same way. And uh, Keen Wong, I know a lot of people don't talk about him, but he's one of the upcoming guys. And then you got Justin Williams. And it was great going into the playoffs last year in Durham that we had four guys under 21. Wow, and we won everything, so that's a good thing for us up here coming up. So, and another good thing about it is we had a relationship with these guys, so when they do get here, yeah, it'll be a little easier for him, them to get acclimated.
2: Oh, that's that's important to have to to to, to know them and know what buttons to push. But you were a, a major league player, and and the, the the grind of a major league season to be consistent up here. How much of a transition is that going to be for some of these guys to not only try to make an opening day roster, but then it's staying here, right? That's the well, That's the, the challenge.
3: That is the challenge. But with these guys, they really believe in themselves. Yeah. So you couldn't tell if they were a rookie or a veteran because the That's way they That's the way they themselves. handle themselves. Yeah, they always come to the park ready with, with a smile when they face number one, regardless if they're 0 for 12 the last couple games or they... 12 for 12, but they're the same person every day and I right. think that's a benefit when you finally get up here and not put too much pressure on yourself.
2: We're talking about how uh, so much of the Rays' success last year offensively uh, hit a lot of home runs. With a lot of guys, and, and and you've lost the. if you just go by the numbers, you've, you've lost some of those. I don't know how you replace it, but that's okay because there are other ways to score runs. Moving the baseball is okay. So these guys move the baseball, right?
3: Yeah, they can move the baseball. I mean, we we teach them how to use the whole field. Sure. And with the shifts, if you can use the whole field, you'd be really successful. I mean, a lot of guys are playing the shifts because of everybody's the home run rates. And most guys, when they're trying to hit a home run, they're not trying to hit the opposite field. Right. So there comes the shift. But if these guys stay with their plan and try not to do too much and to stay within themselves, yeah, they can put up some good numbers. Now,
2: was there, were there shifts when you were playing as much as there is today?
3: Not as much. I mean, it was certain Would, that have, dri- you- Would that have
2: driven you crazy? No, not really. Because you hit the whole field. Yeah, I mean, man, you
3: used the whole field. I mean, yeah. that's, the, and that's, that's the way you were taught coming up. And yeah. now with the – with the home runs everybody's it's a little different now but yeah. if you just learn to use the whole field and you talk about guys hitting homers jd martinez he hits ton of balls right center. sure so i mean you can use the whole field and hit homers it's still you drive to, it yeah exactly so yeah I don't have to be the dead pool but yeah these shifts are they're pretty amazing and they look a little complicated you know you got <laughs> third baseman playing short stop you got short stop playing up the middle oh, it's, different. it's crazy it's
2: different um okay so uh, your job uh, uh, in addition to being part of this coaching staff first base coach Take me through the the sort of the uh, mechanics of of your role, your timing, your timing to throw over, right? You're you're, you're trying to. What information are you giving me at first base, other than you're reminding me how many outs there are, and the guys, the traffic ahead of me, right?
3: The traffic <laughs> ahead of you, and the the, the simplest one. Don't get doubled off, you know, freeze on line drive or back on line drive. Sure, sure. I mean, you just – Standard reminder. Yeah, you're relaying the times to the plate to your base stealers and then the non-base stealers just to give them an idea. We might try to sneak up on a guy and steal a base with a guy that's not a base stealer. Right. So, most of the time, you're just giving times, reminding them to check where the outfielders are playing, seeing how deep they are. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you see the guy, you know, we're not throwing home. Yeah. So, you know, that's a chance for you to score. So you just relay a lot of information. And I try to relay information to the guys at second also by first base. I try to be a little tricky with it. But whatever they need, you, you give it to them. But most of the time it's a pat on the back because they made it.
2: Yeah. Well, it's great to have you, Isaac Timmons. I mean, a name that, that baseball fans know very, very well from your playing days. And now – Major League first base coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. How's yeah. that sound?
3: Uh, it sounds great. Oh, and assistant hitting coach.
2: And assistant hitting <laughs> coach, right, because that's what you did. Yes. It was hit yes. the ball to all fields. You yeah. hit
3: it well, yeah. So we'll have some fun, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah,
2: Hey, great to meet you. Thanks so much, Isaac. Thank you.
3: Appreciate it. All right.
2: Big weekend in sports. Enjoy the Daytona 500 on Sunday. you got the NBA All-Star Weekend, of course, at the Staples Center in L.A. You get to get games on Sunday. They have... More events on Saturday, the three-point shooting contest, dunk contest, all that. Hey, wherever you get this podcast, please do us a favor. Please rate and review. And as always, you can reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Or, of course, you can always email me at rstroud at com or stroudbucks at com, And lots of ways to subscribe to this podcast. Right, Steve?
1: Yeah, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, uh, TuneIn, uh, and of course, you can always go to com slash sports, and it's always there, too.
2: Thanks for listening. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Versnick. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday.